morning, everybody. We're going to get started. We're going to adore the Lord this morning. He is faithful. Amen. Welcome our online audience. We're so glad you're worshiping with us today. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you for who you are. He faithful, come joyful, come praising. Jesus is born in Bethlehem. Oh, come and behold him, the King of the ages. Jesus is born. Jesus is born. Let us adore. Let us adore. Let us adore. Rise the Lord. Oh, clap your hands. Lift up your voice. Let us adore. Rise the
we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your presence. We, you are faithful. We thank you, God, that you sent your son to this earth, God, to give us life, to give us life eternally, to give us life here on earth. Lord, we just give you praise. We thank you, Lord, for who you are, for what you're going to do in this place. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We want to welcome our online audience. We're going to show just a quick video uh, inviting you to come to church this uh, uh, during December. This is a great time to get connected, to come back to service. And um, we are just really excited about what God is doing. And what a wonderful, wonderful month. You know, we know that Christ was not born necessarily in December, but this is the time that we uh, that we celebrate Christ's birth. And um, amen. Hallelujah. We give you glory. We give you praise, Jesus, for who you are. We ask, God, that you would minister to every need that's represented in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, yes, yeah, so we are going to play a video. Um, it's in the video tab. Uh, it's just a quick thing of Josh and I just greeting you and letting you know. It's Pastors Josh and Beth. We just wanted to take a moment and say Merry Christmas to you and your family. And uh, we want to invite you after service. So Beth, why don't you tell us about some of that? Yes, we have three campus locations. Online at 9 a.m. on Sundays. We also have 9 a.m. at our Gonzalez campus. In addition to that, we have an 11 a.m. at our New Orleans campus. We invite you to join us. There's ministry for each member of your household. Come out and join us. And we wish you a Merry Christmas. God bless you guys, and we'll see you soon. Hey, everybody, it's Amen. Pastor Josh and Beth. We just want so we to want you to come out, make plans to come during December. A great time to start coming back to church and worshiping the Lord with us. And uh, we have so many exciting things. In fact, in-house, we've got some uh, papers that we will hand out to you just of, a, of things that are going on this week, this month. Um, and we have some awesome online ministry as well as in-person ministry. Pastor Beth's going to be bringing the word this morning, and I'm very excited about um, what she has has to share and I know it's going to be a timely word but this is a time where we can give unto the Lord and so the word begins to tell us that we give our tithes unto the storehouse and so our storehouse is a place that we come and spiritually eat and um, and we come to get filled up to get encouraged and come and worship together and so I know we have people that are online partners that have decided monthly to contribute um, to partner with this ministry with the media that we are reaching literally not just uh, of course in one state but literally worldwide we have people that are tuning in and so we really appreciate your giving uh, um, to that to that need um, monthly but we're going to also give opportunity for our ties for those who are part of this ministry part of this house and um, you know one thing that I love about our church so many things that I love about praise church but one of the many things is is that we are cheerful givers in this house and that we know that we, we don't give to get but we give because it's a principle and what we believe in we give because we know that that it keeps the blessings the word begins to tell us clearly that the windows of heaven shall be opened above us and that things will not be shut from the blessings of the Lord into our life and so um, we're going to give an opportunity for that we have giving opportunities online praise church of Louisiana 
Giving.com, those in-house. You can give text to give. You can give. They have envelopes in the seat in front of you. Um, in addition to that, we also have the online option. And so um, for those of you tuning online, if you look in our detail of this video, um, you can go in the post information. We have all the different ways, three different ways that you can give in that in that um, area but let's just pray i believe that um something happens when we give when we're obedient not just our tithes but then above that and our offerings and so god we just thank you for your presence lord we thank you for who you are god we ask that you would minister to every need god we ask that you would just come and and, and bless us oh god we thank you lord jesus that as we give cheerfully god with our heart to do so god that we know that things are changing that things are turning around for us we thank you jesus that there is no weapon that's formed against us that shall prosper. Lord, those of us that are needing healing um, in this house, in our physical body, emotionally, um, we thank you that you are our source. We thank you that you are a healer. Lord, we thank you, God, for those that are tuning in, that you bring healing to them. God, those of us that need direction, that we need insight into our life. Lord, we thank you that you are that to us. You are our source. You're everything that we need. We are so encouraged today that we can come together corporately and worship you God, that we find encouragement when we come together and we praise and we worship and we give you glory and honor. God, we just thank you that you are causing a way when there seems to be no way. We thank you that you are opening doors of increase and favor for us. I thank you that our steps are ordered of you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you praise in Jesus name. Amen. You may come forward and give. And right now we're going to show um, a joy video. And it's our series this month. We are declaring this is the month of joy. This is the month of uh, that we're believing for God to bring joy into our life. And uh, yeah, so uh, it's a really cool intro. And then I'm going to come back and share with you a few more things going about this month. Hey everyone, this is Pastor Josh. And I just wanted to take a quick moment in this Christmas season to invite you and your family to join us at church. We're in our Gonzales Ascension Parish location at Sunday morning at 9. We're also online at 9 a.m. And then we also, for our live stream service, which is on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, our church website, and our church app. And then you also have the opportunity to join us live at 11 o'clock at our New Orleans campus. Right now, during this Christmas season, it's a perfect time for you and your family to get back involved in the body of Christ, to get back in the presence of the Lord, and allow God to show up in your life. God bless you. Merry Christmas, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Hi, everyone. It's Pastor Josh, and I just wanted to take a... Anybody? <laughs> I know I need some joy. We need some joy in 2020 before we go into a new year. And I believe that God has that for us. And um, I know that Pastor Bev, she's coming to deliver a powerful word. And I am not going to be preaching today. But I'm just going to share just a little bit of what God's been speaking to me. And one thing that I think about joy, when I think about joy, what comes to my mind is praise. And praise is something, you know, the word tells us that 
he inhabits our praises. And, and when he inhabits our praises, what that means is he actually lives in our praise. So, you know, I know that there are times that dealing with different things in life that, you know, our atmosphere, especially, you know, some people say, well, if mama's not happy, then ain't nobody happy. But I say, if daddy ain't happy, ain't nobody happy either. I mean, because all of us are to carry, we are atmosphere setters. And as believers, that every place that we go, that we're able, we carry his presence and, and we carry the power of what's in our 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 mouth and so when we understand the authority that, that we have in the spirit realm then that also means that I can't just begin to speak how I feel all the time because when I understand my spiritual authority as a believer then then when I begin to speak negative in the uh, in the power and the authority of a believer then it actually begins to cause some uh, uh, you know negative things to take place in my life in a different level because of the power that's within me if that makes sense is that you know when we understand we're walking in the power of Christ that he's given to us we've got to be careful what we speak we've got to be careful of what we say and so when we're going to the season of Christmas a season of joy you know it may everything may not be going okay in the natural everything maybe it may be like all chaos is taking place that all hell has broken loose but when you come as a believer and begin to speak in that atmosphere of chaos something begins to break something begins to take place because we are atmosphere setters. When you take the difference between a, a believer and an unbeliever, and they may be saying the same things, but the difference with that is the authority of the one who is speaking. And, and those that are unbelievers that don't understand, they don't have the authority of Christ within them, they can't, they don't have the power that we have as believers to set the atmosphere. So that means that I could go to the workplace. That means that I can go to family Christmas with maybe some family members that are not believers as of yet that we're praying. And I can carry his presence in. And the way that we carry his presence in and begin to shift everything in that atmosphere. You know, have you ever been, and I know that all of us would, if we took the mic and just pass it around, all of us would say yes and tell us stories of where maybe there were some awkward conversations, some ungodly talk that was taking place, you know, and we walk in the room and everybody shuts up, right? And it has nothing to do with what you said. It has everything to do with what you carry. When we look at the life of Mary, what an honor and a privilege it was for an angel to appear to her and begin to say, hey, you know what? God has chosen you to carry the son of God and to give birth to the savior. You know, and, and all of us in, in, a, in a figurative manner, in a spiritual uh, uh, way of speaking and delivering that same message is, is for you and I, is that God, the father, has sent his son to this earth for you and I to carry and to begin to deliver uh, him to other people. And so as we look in this seer in this uh, season of Christmas, how do we carry joy? You know, some of us may not have feels like, you know, how in the world can I have joy in the midst of this? How can how in the world can I have joy in the midst of this? You know what? It's by it's by carrying his presence. It's by carrying the joy of the Lord. It's by spending time in praise, as I was sharing before, spending time in his presence. And there's something that begins to happen. And so I just wanted to leave that with you today is that as we are stepping in to a spirit of joy and joy, you know, as Pastor Bev and Pastor Gron begin to share this week in our online ministry, um, uh, it was Tuesday or Wednesday, which I don't remember, but they were beginning to, to differentiate. Uh, happiness and joy and happiness is something that is temporal and joy is something that is eternal that when we have the joy of the Lord that no matter what comes our way that God 
can cause the atmospheres to change. He can cause our heart, our mindset to change. But it's something for us to do. We have to say yes. We have to say yes. I'm gonna. I'm going to shift. And let me tell you, that's gonna take some uh, uh, hard work a lot of times to make a determination to have joy. So I'm really excited about it. I know that God has a message for us today, and I want you to be in tune this Tuesday. We have in-person and online ministry available. Um, Herman and Amanda are incredible leaders at this house at our Ascension campus, and they're going to be bringing an incredible, incredible word. Pastor Garland Beverly is going to be hosting them, so all four of them are going to be on the show this Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Time, and the topic is Relentless Faith. Wow, what a powerful topic that is, Relentless Faith, and I know that all of us in the as we're digging in for more joy, we need more faith too. So be in tune. Um, if you're not attending in person, uh, of course you can attend in person. We're at our Ascension campus, but be online. All right. I, uh, I'm going to have, I got a couple of scriptures I'm going to read to you this morning when you're going to talk about tithes and offerings. And uh, which is a topic that majority of people don't want to listen to, don't want to hear. But we're going to talk about it, okay? Second Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly. And he, he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Now, huh? Oh, you did? Okay, well, okay. We got it. But anyway... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish with what I'm saying here, though. In Mark chapter 12, verses 41 and 42, it says, and, he, and Jesus sat over against the treasury, and behold, how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And he called unto his disciples and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you that the poor, uh, that this poor widow hath cast in more than all they which has cast into the treasury. For all they did is cast in their, of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in that she had all her living. You know, there's different levels of faith, different levels of faith. And, and a lot of people will look at themselves and say, well, look what I have done. And yet there are others that, that, that do and we don't understand the depths of what they're doing from. And uh, so I want to encourage you that when you're giving, give with a, a cheerful heart. God's going to bless you. God's going to bring back into your life, press down, shaking together, and running over, and he will bless you. I, one of my favorite speakers is coming to speak to you today, and uh, she's going to do an awesome job for you this morning. I want you to welcome my wife, Beverly. She comes to preach this morning. For many, many of you guys, this is what all of us put up with or deal with. There is always, always an abundance that comes. Water, all this stuff. I'm worth it. But you're worth it. Let me finish. Let me finish. You're worth it. <laughs> Y'all, it's my birthday this week. He better be careful. <laughs> and Christmas is coming. <laughs> okay. I am so excited about the word I'm going to share. All of you in here, and maybe those of you at home, turn to your neighbor or somebody that's with you and say, it's Christmas, but she's going to challenge us. 
and it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Amen. I'm speaking to you on the topic of what do you hear? What do you hear? Last week, my husband spoke, um, and if you weren't present or didn't hear it online, I encourage you to go back and listen. But he spoke on the topic of the difference between listening and hearing. There is clearly a difference in listening and hearing. And then taking that that you have heard and actually acting on it, (laughs) doing something about it. There is a clear difference there. And today I'm still talking on the topic of hearing, but we're going to go with a little bit different focus and direction. And I'm going to begin by reading some of the lyrics to one of my favorite Christmas songs. Here we are in December. And so here we go. Said the night wind to the little lamb, do you see what I see? Way up in the sky, little lamb, do you see what I see? A star, a star, dancing in the night with a tail as big as a kite. Said the little lamb to the shepherd boy, do you hear what I hear? Ringing through the sky, shepherd boy, do you hear what I hear? A song, a song, high above the trees with a voice as big as the sea. Excuse me. Said the shepherd boy to the mighty king, do you know what I know? Look, look, there's a, a flow here. Do you see what I see? Do you hear what I hear? And do you know? Until we first allow the Holy Spirit to touch our sight and allow us to see in realms of the Spirit, until we allow him to let us hear in the realms of the Spirit, We will never know him and know his plan and his purpose and the destiny for our life. So there is a sequence here that even in this song, this song is not taken completely scriptural, as you can tell. They took the Christmas story and they wrote a little bit about it. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about the song. We're not just here today to hear about a song. We're going to some deep stuff in a minute, but I'm starting with this. And uh, then the, the words go on to say... In your palace, said the shepherd boy to the mighty king, do you know what I know? In your palace warm, mighty king, do you know what I know? A child, a child shivers in the cold, let us bring him silver and gold. Said the king to the people everywhere, listen to what I say. We've seen a sequence here. So once you've seen, once you've heard, then you know Now, listen to what I'm saying to you. Pray for peace, people, everywhere. Have we ever had a time that we needed more peace? Not in our lifetime. We've not experienced a time that we needed more peace than we do right now. Pray for peace, people, everywhere. Listen to what I say. The child, the child sleeping in the night, he will bring us goodness and light. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the story here. Uh, It tells a story, this song does, loosely based on the story of the nativity of Jesus as told in the gospel, incorporating fragments of the Annunciation to the shepherds from the gospel of Luke. Though Jesus is never explicitly mentioned in the song, a night wind tells a little lamb of a star following which the lamb tells his young shepherd that he also hears a loud song and each of them 
are led to a mighty king whom they tell of a child in the cold and ask to bring the child silver and gold, much as the biblical magi, which in tradition with prophecies in the book of Isaiah and Psalm 72 are often characterized as kings, did with their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The king proclaims a prayer of peace and announces that the child will bring goodness and light. This carol was written in October 1962 by a husband and wife. His name was Noel. Her name was Gloria. Isn't that interesting? Because both of those songs, those of those are titles of songs we sing this time of year. Uh, <clears throat> they married at they were married at the time that they wrote this song. They created this carol as an appeal for peace during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Our hearts cry out for peace. There are many who will just complain because they want peace. And they will complain about everybody around who's doing everything wrong. Every official, every government decision, every everything that's not right. They will just complain rather than do what we know that we're supposed to do, and that is to take matters to the Lord and cry out to him for peace. Jesus Christ is our peace. He is the Prince of Peace. And if we develop a relationship with him, then we can begin to walk in peace, no matter the chaos and the storms and the wars that are going on around us. And even within us, there still can be that deep inner peace when we've yielded our lives completely to the Lord. <clears throat> So I'm taking us, and we're going to go through this today as we're talking about, do you hear what I hear? Do you see what I see? About, uh, I believe it was in the year 2000, God, I, I, I was Christmas time, it's 2000 or 2001, I was driving and I heard this Christmas carol, and I burst out crying uncontrollably, because I heard it in an entirely different way. I heard it that... The Holy Spirit was crying out to us, do you hear what I hear? When you see that person on the side of the road that's dirty and they're asking for money and et cetera, et cetera, do you hear what I hear? Do you see what I see? Do you see into the depths of other people? We have become so critical and judgmental. We do not want people to criticize or judge us or our family. Ask every mama in this room and her child is perfect, okay? Now she might slap them upside the head and tell them they half crazy, but you better not say anything about her babies, you see? <laughs> we become a little different. We might be gentle in most of our approach, but when you start to touch our children, it's totally different, you know? And, and so we, we sometimes forget that the people that we see and that we encounter on a daily basis, the waitress who is being so rude, you know, the person at the gas station who is so angry, you know, why are they that way? And God began to deal with me. Do you hear what I hear? And are you seeing what I am seeing? Because if you're not, then you need to revisit compassion. Jesus Christ was moved with compassion, the word says. We've got to have compassion in our spirits. 
and people that we see are broken. They are more broken today, I think, than they've ever been because the world is more open to sin and sinful lifestyles and sinful nature. People have invited the enemy in, so to speak, given him the authority to take rulership and control of their life. And so they have, they're broken. They're a mess. So when I heard, when I was listening to this song was, Beverly, you need to revisit compassion. And the second thing was, do you really have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Because if you do, discernment is going to operate in your life on an entirely different level. And we're going to talk for a little bit today about discernment. Because, and when I hear this song, and hopefully from now on when you hear this song, it's a beautiful song. But I'm hoping that you're going to remember excerpts from this sermon today and that it's going to challenge you in the way that it does me. My son, who is a pastor of an awesome church in Homa, told me a few weeks ago, he said, hey, mom, he said, I, I got my theme for this Sunday because he knew I had preached on this uh, a, a couple of times uh, back. Like I said, I can't remember. I just know we were in our building on Academy Drive, and it was before Katrina. So it was somewhere between 2000 and 2004 that I preached this on a Christmas Sunday. And so um, he said, my theme for this month is, month is, do you hear what I hear? And today he had a guest speaker, so they're not on that theme. But um, so he and I have been talking about it. In fact, he wrote, called me late last night. He said, okay, Mom, I'm calling you this week. He, when he's cutting up with me, he calls me by my first name. He says, okay, Beverly, I need you to write my sermon for next week. You know? But, um, of course, that's not probably going to, I don't think that's going to happen. But, okay, if it does, I'll be happy to do so. <laughs> but, <clears throat> so there's, a, I'm saying that to say that I know that in his, the, the little bit he shared with me about what he preached last week and what he's planning to preach, we're all coming from the same song, but a million different angles. It's just like you can take one scripture verse and you can come from a million different angles. And, and that's, that's what we're doing today. And today I'm challenging you about discernment. Going back to the lyrics of that song, it was, do you see what I see? Do you hear what I hear? Do you know what I know? And now are you listening to what I say? I want us to get that sequence in our spirit, y'all. I don't want to do a business transaction without knowing he inspired it. He led me. He, I don't want to take a step without knowing that he led me. So I was seeing in his spirit. I was hearing in the spirit. I was connected to the people he wanted me to be connected to in the realm of the spirit before I acted, before I moved, before I took a step forward. Let's talk about the word discernment. Discernment is the quality of being able to grasp and comprehend what is obscure. There's, I found a lot of definitions, but this one I liked the best. I'm going to read it again. The quality of being able to grasp and comprehend what is obscure it gives you a skill in discerning what is obscure we're going to talk about the word obscure in just a moment it's also an act of perceiving or discerning something but I, i'm gonna to go to that word obscure let's look at what does obscure mean when something is obscure it's shrouded in or hidden by darkness 
standing obscure in the deepest shade, hidden, covered, not clearly seen or easily distinguished, not readily understood or clearly expressed. Okay, I'm going to jump on something my husband's been saying. He'll say, um, he'll say, I don't care if you're left wing or right wing, it's the same bird. Okay, so I'm not going to be, I'm not one who's going to stand up here and talk to you about politics. But I'm going to tell you that in this year, from the onset of this year, from the end of February, when we started first hearing about COVID-19 and the things that have happened in this year, I believe that everybody in this room and everybody watching under the sound of my voice will agree. There are things that have been hidden on everybody's side. There were things that have been hidden many years ago in our life and in our ministry. <clears throat> we, we began to take certain things. We have done this for years, certain things that we take and we make them a matter of our daily prayers. Daily, daily, I plead the blood of Jesus over my life. Daily, I plead the blood of Jesus over my children. And, and then over the years as we've been blessed with grandchildren, over my grandchildren. I plead the blood of Jesus over their mind, <clears throat> over all of us. And I call us by name. What am I talking about? I'm talking about I am claiming the authority I have been given as a believer to use the weaponry of the blood of Jesus Christ. And I have the authority to do that because I am living a life that is in proper alignment with him. If I'm living in a sinful lifestyle, I don't have the authority to pray this prayer. But if I'm living in a life that I know that to the best of my ability is in obedience to the instructions for which God would ordain for me to live my life, then I have the authority to claim these promises and benefits for me and my household. I plead the blood of Jesus over our mind, over our health, over our physical body, over our houses, over our vehicles, over our dreams, over our visions, over our relationships, over our aspirations, and on and on it goes. I do that every day. And every day, I started this many years ago, I say, Lord, give us divine relationships, divine connections, open doors, and give us full exposure. Cause my discernment to increase. Cause my flow in the realms of your spirit to increase. I am a person that has a crazy kind of faith. And it borderlines on living. Some people don't like it. They kind of will. I've been criticized before by people close to me. Who, who have tried to say that I, I don't deal with reality. Hello? And they almost saw reality because I have a lot of humanity still in me. So when I heard that they said that about me, Quindrick, I wanted to go off on them. But I said, Jesus, please help me calm down because that is so crazy. You know, that is so crazy. The reality is that I have discernment and I have faith. And my faith enables me to live in, if they want to say, a lack of reality or a denial. 
But then that's not really what I'm doing. I deal with it. For example, when my husband had a heart attack, the first heart attack, oh, Lord, that was something else. I got him to the hospital. He was not going in the hospital. He would not get out of the car. He wanted me to leave the hospital. Lord Jesus. Bethany was in the car with me. We were praying. We were talking. We were trying to stay calm. So then we drove down the road for a little ways because he was not going in the hospital. Was not. Absolutely. It was about an hour before we got him in the hospital for them to tell us that he was having a heart attack. Second heart attack happened. A few weeks later, when this first stent collapsed, he drove all of us to the hospital from Gonzales to New Orleans. I said, please, can I drive? No, no, I'll drive. Please, I'll, I'll get us there. Just let me drive. I'm thinking, oh, Lord, he's having a heart attack and he's driving us. But we made it there. But, y'all, I've had to deal with reality a bunch of times. I've had to deal with it, okay? I've had to deal with it in my dad's health. I've had to deal with it with various things. I've had to deal with it about my own health, okay? But yet I have a faith. I have this faith. In, a, in addition to having faith, I've got discernment. Y'all, I'm challenging you today. One of the greatest gifts outside of salvation you could ask the Lord to give you this holiday season is discernment. Because we've never been in our lifetime in such a chaotic state. We need discernment. We need full exposure. I want full exposure about every person that tries to get close to me. And I'm going to analyze them. And very few people will I allow to get close to me. And some get angry about it. I remember several years ago, one lady got mad at me and she yelled at me. She said, I'm trying to be your friend and you won't let me. Well, no, I'm surely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. You know, I mean, we got to have discernment in our life. I'm going to analyze, and I'm, I'm not only analyzing you in the natural when you're talking to me, in my spirit man, because our spirit man can pray all the time. In my spirit man, I'm analyzing you. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit to show me full exposure. That probably could be the second part title to this message, which doesn't sound Christmassy at all. I want full exposure in my life. I want full exposure of the people in my life. If people are going to be in leadership in our ministry, I want full exposure. I ain't got time to play games. We've got people that we've got to reach. We've got a call on our life. We've got, I told you, it's my birthday this week. I'm not getting younger. I look younger, but I'm not getting younger. And so I've got to be about my father's business, as Jesus said. And so I got to find the right team to, to, to go on this endeavor with me. Obscure means shrouded in or hidden by darkness. Standing obscure in the deepest shade. That's like an example. I probably shouldn't have put that on there. But anyway, hidden or covered, not clearly seen or easily distinguished, not readily understood or clearly expressed. Discerning of spirits is one of the nine gifts of the spirit. It's the third one. One of the nine gifts of the spirit. It is not a gift of suspicion or speculation. It's not just a gift of discernment. That's different than discerning of spirits. There is a gift of discernment. There's, I want to know what spirit you're of. 
You're coming in my life. You're coming around my grandbabies. You're coming around my husband. And especially if you got a skirt on. I'm going to check out what's your motive. There have been times that we've been ministering together and praying for people at the altar. And I get his attention. I say, oh, no, I'm praying for her. You just scoot on past. I'm praying for her. Because I was picking up something about her spirit. It wasn't right. She would want a different kind of laying on her hands. <laughs> anyway, that just came to me. I'm just so funny. See, in my old age, I'm getting hilarious. Anyway. It's not fault-finding or judging people, and it's not just discerning of character. Discerning of spirits is, listen to this, a supernatural ability to see into the spirit world. And by this insight, the believer can see angels, demons, and discern the condition of the human spirit, good or bad. To discern means to distinguish, to perceive, or to differentiate. The gift of discerning of spirits is the God-given ability or enablement to recognize the identity and very often the personality and condition of spirits which are behind different manifestations or activities. I'm challenging you, get so lost in God. Get so lost in a relationship with the Holy Spirit that discernment is operating in your life. Be careful. Because just what I was reading there, it's not the gift of suspicion. I'm not saying sit around and be suspicious of everybody. No, but ask the Holy Spirit, give me full exposure. Father, I trust you. I put my life in your hands. I have repented of my sinful ways. And I've asked you to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. Give me full exposure of every person I encounter today. Show me what's going on. And if they have a spirit that is not in alignment with your spirit, I don't want to have a close connection with them. I will interact with them. I may conduct business with them. I may purchase something from them. But I'm not going to develop a relationship with them. I need to know what angelic or demonic forces are driving them before I allow myself to come into relationship with them. Do you hear what I hear? Do you see what I see? Because until you do that, you'll never know what I know and you're not going to listen and act out on what I'm saying. It takes discernment. And discernment is a process. I look at those of you in this room, some of you that I know about, and you have one or two or three children. Some of you, I don't know how many children you have. But every child is different, and you've got to discern the personality of each one in a different way. When you discipline them, you've got to discern what works for one, because what works for one will not work for the other. And if you're not careful, you will break their human spirit. And they'll never be able to achieve what they could have achieved because they will grow up with a mentality of being so dysfunctional because you were verbally and or physically abusive and went over the line in your correction and in your discipline and dealing with them. And it can be multiple children in the same house, but everyone is different. And a parent has to take time. Listen to what I'm saying. 
What I'm talking to you about is a supernatural thing God can give you instantly right now and part it into your life. But our walk with God is very parallel to our walk with human beings or should reverse that. Our walk with human beings is parallel to our walk with God or so it should be. But that's not the way it is in most human beings lives. Most of us are more caught up in relating to people we know, we walk with, we talk to, we live with. We're more focused on that than we are focused on trying to get into that depths with him. It takes time to build that level of a relationship. It takes time in his presence. It takes time sacrificing, turning the television off, maybe not going out to dinner with your friends tonight because you need to sit at home and study the word or you need to... Uh, you know, read, read the word or get it lost in prayer or something else. It takes paying a price. It takes time. <clears throat> Believing God for full exposure. In my life, in my children's life, I pray for my children daily. I pray for my son-in-law. He's got a, he works in sales. He's got a phenomenal job God has blessed him with. I want him to have full exposure, every person he's connected to, every decision he must make. My son and my daughter-in-law pastoring a church, I want them to have full exposure. My daughter leading a worship team, preaching, powerful preacher of the gospel, and, and, and studying and, and doing all the work that she does through the internet and things of that nature. I want her to have full exposure. I want my husband, I want me to have full exposure. I don't want to just act on my own dreams and visions. I want to know it's God's dream and vision. And I want to know who the players are. Who's supposed to be connected to me? Who's supposed to be walking with me and helping me? I want full exposure in this nation. I pray for this nation. I'm sick and tired of every time you want to turn on the news, it's somebody yelling and fussing and accusing and whatever. I'm tired of it. Peace. We need peace. We need peace. And we need the peace of Christ to rule and reign in this land. And we as believers have got to do our part. We don't want to fall prey to what the world is doing. And when we're around other people, our only conversations are on all this craziness. If it comes up, we need to say, you know what? I'm praying about it. I'm just praying for God's will to be done. And I'm praying for full exposure to happen. And not allow ourselves to get caught up in the conversation of all of the negativity. It's not edifying you. And it's not edifying the other person. And it's definitely not edifying God. Luke 8 verse 17 says, For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest. Neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Now, if we get that in our spirit, that might make some of us straighten up the way we live in our lives. Woo! I'm talking about Christians. <laughs> Nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest. We're talking the Word of God when I say full exposure. This is God's will. This is the Word. Neither is there anything hidden that shall not be known and come abroad. We read the definition a while ago. It says that the things that are in darkness and they're hidden and they're obscure. That's what the word of discernment was talking about. I'll go back to that and just read it real quickly. The quality of being able to grasp and comprehend what is obscure. We read the definition of obscure. It says things that are shrouded in or hidden by darkness. 
hidden and covered. But the word of God says those things that are covered are going to be exposed. And I prophesy that. Pastor began prophesying end of September about exposure. Exposure. We began reading then other prophetic people and re listening to videos of other prophetic voices. And they're saying full exposure. It's a season of exposure. The Bible says everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And some of us in our personal lives, we have seen a lot of that. We have seen that in our nation. Luke 8, verse 18, the very next verse, uh, after I read that, let me go back to that again. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. Last week and this week, we're talking about hearing. You better be careful of what you're hearing. Be careful of what you're hearing. Be careful of what you're listening to. Our children were little in children's church. When I, Garland and I were little in children's church together, we were taught a song, Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little. And then it, another verse was, Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. You remember that, Marilyn? You remember that? <laughs> we got to be careful. Take heed, therefore, how you hear. In John 14, verses 16 and 17, it says, this is Jesus talking. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth. Talking about the Holy Spirit. I've been talking about the Holy Spirit. We need this relationship with the Holy Spirit to have discerning of spirits. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. They're not seeing him. The world can't see him. And because they're not seeing him, they can't receive him. They don't know what to do with him. It starts with seeing. It starts with hearing and then getting to know. Most of you, I would guarantee, before you went on the first date with your spouse, before guys, before you invited her out, or it might have been a girl invited you out, I don't know. But before that first date happened, y'all saw something. A flicker in their eye, that pretty face, the cute little build. You saw that. It attracted you. It starts with seeing and then you get to get acquainted and you sit down and talk to each other and you, you hear each other's heart and you be, eventually begin to fall in love and you get to know that person it's the same thing in our walk with the lord seeing hearing knowing so that then we can follow his command even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive why because it seeth him not neither knoweth him but you, church, you know him because he dwells in you and he shall be in you. Now we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit, discerning of spirits and a gift of discernment. The way that we're going to hear and see and know is having a relationship with the Holy Spirit and he's going to show us things. When Carter plays sports, 
his mom and dad want to and need to have discernment about the coaches. And then they need to have discernment about the other team players and decide this is one we may invite to our house one day, but this one we're not going to invite them to our house because we're going to be friends and acquaintances from afar. But we're not going to allow this influence and this spirit that's driving this person into our inner circle. Same thing with this precious family here and three awesome athletes right here and school and, and et cetera. And as children, you know, start to date and you got some that are already old enough to go to the dance, you know, and things of that nature. So, mama and daddy being tuned into the Holy Spirit, and not just them, he's old enough to be tuned into the Spirit. For that quickening to happen in his life, for him to know this is a person I need to be connected to and this is a person I need to stay away from. We need to have discernment, y'all. Everybody with me? I'm showing it to you in scripture. I hope I'm not beating a dead horse here, so to speak. But I'm passionate about this. Thank you, babe. <laughs> I'm passionate about this. God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things. The Holy Spirit knows all things and is searching all things. That's who I want to be plugged into. That's the force I want controlling my life. So I've yielded my control to Him. Holy Spirit, come in. Flow through me. Teach me. Show me. Reveal to me. That's the force. That is the person that I want in operating in my life. The Spirit searcheth all things, even, yea, the deep things of God. That's how He's able to teach us the deep things of God. Otherwise, we're just going to read the Bible and it's just words. It won't make sense to us. But when the Holy Spirit comes in, he's going to teach us the deep things of God. I'm going to read to you several passages now out of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 through 19. But before I do that, I, I didn't put it on my notes, Bethany. I know you have some of the notes there for me, honey. Appreciate your help. But I wanted to read it uh, there was another one I wanted to read out of here. Begins with verse 3, and I don't think I started that on my notes. First uh, Corinthians chapter 2, I'm going to start reading with verse 3. We're going to read several verses, bear with me, but I, I want you to, I just, I just, when I preach, I want there to be scriptural reference that you can look up and you can go back to and you can see. It says, I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, I've got the next verses on the overhead of, ready for you. And beginning with verse 6, we're going to go through 14. 
Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, even the hidden wisdom. I know y'all see what I've done here in the word searches and studies here, okay? There are things that are hidden. There are things that are hidden in the spirit realm, in the depths of God. We will only learn those as we grow in God and grow in the spirit. There are hidden things in people's lives. Satan uses people to come against us. That's his greatest tool and strategy is through people, through relationships. Many people come into our lives with a hidden agenda, right? We need discernment. We need the gift of discernment and we need discerning of spirits. Many of you in this room are in sales in your business in different aspects. You need discernment in your life about who you work with, about who you're connected with. It, it, it's vital. And, and like I said, if you just got a spouse, if you've got a child, you, you need this. We need this gift. I don't want to live a day without the Holy Spirit and He is working in my life. Okay. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. Now, the princes of this world is referring to demonic, uh, what the prince of the power of the air in um, Ephesians chapter 6 is referring to. That's talking about the enemy, the demonic forces, etc. And then there, this is in this passage, it's not just talking about that. I believe it's referring to that, but, but it's also referring to actual princes, kings, whatever. They didn't have all knowledge at their disposal. They had to get the wisdom that comes from God. Our leaders need the wisdom and discernment our military needs the wisdom and discernment to expose the strategies that the opponents have so they can plan a strategy to combat against those forces, right? It's the same <clears throat> in the spiritual warfare that we are encountered in. I've got to have a strategy to fight against the enemy. What is the strategy? What is my strategy for this battle? And my strategy for this battle is probably not going to be my strategy for the next battle. None of the princes of this world knew, only God knew this, for, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen, hallelujah, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man. And we're talking about seeing and hearing again. Look here, y'all. Keeps coming up. The things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God... God revealed it because you had discernment so you could get the revelation. God revealed them unto us. How? By his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things that we just read. Yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? I can't know about other people except the Holy Spirit reveals it to me. Even so. The things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, 
but the spirit, which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because why? They are spiritually discerned. <clears throat> Here we go. Bev's got to do it. Read it from the Message Bible. Y'all ready? We, of course, have plenty of wisdom to pass on to you once you get your feet on firm spiritual ground. But it's not popular wisdom or the fashionable wisdom of high-priced experts that will be out of date in a year or so. God's wisdom is something mysterious that goes deep into the interior of his purposes. You don't find it lying around on the surface. It's not the latest message, but more like the oldest what God determined as the way to bring out his best in us long before we ever arrived on the scene. The experts of our day haven't a clue. The government doesn't have a clue about what his eternal plan is. If they had, the world would not have killed the master of the God-designed life on a cross. That's why we have this scripture text that no one's ever seen or heard anything like this. Never so much as imagined anything quite like it. What God has arranged for those who love him, but you have seen it and heard it because God by his spirit has brought it all out into the open for you. The spirit, not content to flit around on the surface, dives into the depths of God and brings out what God planned all along. Whoever knows what you're thinking and planning except you, yourself. The same with God, except that he not only knows what he's thinking, but he lets us in on it. God offers a full report on the gifts of life and salvation that he's giving us. We don't have to rely on the words guesses and opinions. We didn't learn this by reading books or going to school. We learned it from God who taught us person to person through Jesus. And we're passing it on to you in the same firsthand personal way. The unspiritual self, just as it is by nature, cannot receive the gifts of God's spirit. There's no capacity for them. Wow. That's, that's a lot. They seem like so much silliness. Spirit can be known only by spirit. God's spirit and our spirits in open communion. Spiritually alive. We have access to everything God's spirit's doing. And can't be judged by unspiritual critics. Isaiah's question is, is there anyone around who knows God's spirit? Anyone who knows what he's doing? has been answered, Christ knows, and we have Christ's spirit. <laughs> One of Satan's functions is to be an angel of light, and 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen refers to that. <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> light and darkness... Always are compared. The light's the good. Darkness is the bad. 
Light represents God, Jesus Christ, who's the light of the world. Darkness represents evil. And so you would not think of Satan, first of all, even though we know he's a fallen angel, but you would not think that Paul would yet refer to him as an angel. But he refers to him as an angel of light because he it, it's talking about his deceptive ability. So he may appear to you as an angel, but it's an angel of light. It's deception. Again, why we must have discernment. We must have discernment. It's, it's really not a choice. I know that we say this a lot of times, and I know Garland and I were sharing on the show the other night, and we were talking about, you know, salvation's all you need, and it is all you need to make it to heaven. But I'm not talking about just trying to get to heaven. I'm talking about trying to be what I'm destined and called to be in this life, to be an overcomer in every area in this life, and to help other people in this life that God has brought to my, brought in, in my sphere. I can't do it without the, the, the infusion and the flow and the consumption of the Holy Spirit of me and of my life and of everything that I set out to do. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen says, For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. It's, it means that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Deception. Deception. Many of us deal with people who operate in deception. It means that Satan capitalizes on our love of the light in order to deceive us. So he uses what we would think is good and holy and perfect and wonderful. He sees the light. He, he knows that we're going to see the light as a good thing. So he uses the good thing to lure us, to deceive us. So he can fulfill what he wants to fulfill. He wants us to think he's good, truthful, loving, and powerful. Oh, my goodness. People. Oh, so many people operate this way. And they try to make everybody think, I'm so good. And I'm doing the best for you. And I, I care for you. And it's all because, and it's not because you care. It's because you've got a hidden agenda that's driving you. And you think that we're so stupid that we can't see it. And you think that we're not tapped enough into the realm of the Spirit that we can't identify the spirits that are driving you. And you are wrong. Everybody breathe. He portrays himself as a dark, devilish being with horns that would not be very appealing to the majority of people because most people are not drawn to darkness but to light therefore satan appears as a creature of light to draw us to himself and to his lies how can we discern which light is of god and which light is of satan our minds and hearts are easily confused by conflicting messages how can we make sure we're on the right path psalms 119 says your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So does it line up with the word of God? Are the things that you're encountering, are the things that you're seeing lining up with the word of God? Does it bear witness in your spirit to the Holy Spirit? You've got to have that confirmation. And then you'll know what spirit is being um, used in trying to influence your life and your decisions and your connections, your relationships. 
Satan appears as a creature of light to draw us to himself and his lies. Let's see, I w- I, I'm sorry, I read that again. Our minds and hearts are easily confused by conflicting messages. The Bible also says in verse 105 of 119, the unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. The words of God have power. Just as God's voice spoke physical light into existence, we read of that in in, in Genesis, it can speak spiritual light into our hearts. Exposure to his voice in his word will help us recognize the difference between the good light of God and that which is counterfeit. Satan presents sin to us as something pleasing and beautiful to be desired. And he presents false teaching as an enlightening and life changing i'm going to skip down here because of the sake of time billy graham said satan's sometimes satan puts on a disguise as it were and makes it look like he actually stands for good instead of evil martin luther labeled him as the prince of darkness he said satan will try to deceive us and make us think that his way's best but it never is don't fall for his lies You see, confusion has an opportunity to enter when we don't know the truth. Now, I'm going to to this. I'm going here. (laughs) Because we need full exposure and we need truth. People want to quote a lot of times, the truth will make you free. No, 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 no. Read that again. It's the knowledge of truth. That's going to make you free. How do we have knowledge? We see, we hear, and then we can know. And it takes time building a relationship to see and hear and then know. It's the knowledge of truth that's going to make us free. Damon, I can't even tell you how many people I know that don't want to hear truth. Because when they hear truth, it puts them in a place of accountability. Now they've got to do something with that truth. they got to deal with themselves. And even believers, even people in ministry don't want the truth. They don't want to have to deal with reality. And so confusion will come in. A demonic spirit of confusion... When we don't know or deal with or face or accept truth. If we refuse to deal with truth. Satan is the author of all lies and confusion. The word tells us this. And confusion is not of God. So if you are in a confused state, stop and analyze this. You've always got to find truth. Where is truth? You're going to always find truth in the word of God. Go to the word. Go to the word. It's got to line up with the word. So when confusion comes in, begin to seek the Holy Spirit. Here we go again. You must have a relationship with the Holy Spirit so that you can get him to help you find discernment and clarity. What do you see? What do you hear? Are you going around through life wearing earmuffs, silencing your ears to the things you don't want to hear? You got your hearing aids in, but no batteries on. Check your battery, huh? (laughs) 
Are you wearing blinders on your eyes because you don't want to deal with reality? There's never been a time in our lifetime when discernment's more necessary. Every believer's prayer should be, Father, take me deeper in you and show me the depths of your spirit. Father, reveal yourself to me. We sing a beautiful song a lot of times. Father, reveal your heart to us. I want to know you better. I want to know him. I want him to reveal himself to me. And in revealing himself to me, he's going to be giving full exposure and revealing to me the areas of my life that I need to work on. And I'm either going to act like I am stupid or like I can't hear or like I can't see because I don't want to deal with it. I'm going to go into a place of denial and refuse to deal with it. It will be a conscious choice on my part. Because the closer we get to him, all of our impurities are revealed. Their pur purging takes place because evil cannot stand in the presence of God. This is the word of God. Evil cannot stand in the presence of God. So if we've got evil in our life, evil motives, evil agendas, unforgiveness, lust, sexual sins, perversions, you know, addictions, whatever it might be. If we've got these things in operation in our life, when we come into his presence, everything hidden will be revealed. And he's going to put us in a position of making a choice to deal with ourselves because God is concerned about the status of our soul. And we are all working out our own salvation to get our soul in proper alignment with the Lord. And in order to do that, it takes daily reflections, daily introspection, daily purging of our lives to walk up right and holy before our Lord. Father, reveal yourself to us. That should be part of your prayer. Not my will, God, but yours. God, show me the hidden things. You know, when sin first manifests in the world, it manifests through Eve because Eve lent her ear. In Genesis, we read that. That was the serpent came and talked to her, but she entertained what he had to say. She lent her ear. What do you hear, church? Church, what do you hear? Church, what do you see? What are you focused on? How can you be effective in reaching your family and loved ones if you've got your blinders on, if you've got your ears plugged up because you don't want to deal with reality, it's time for the church to be called to repentance. What do you hear? What do you see? we got to hear and see so we can know. We want to know him. Paul said that I could know him and the fellowship of his sufferings. I want to be intimate with him and I want him to know me. I want him to do when he looks at me like he did with Abraham and say, Beverly's a friend of mine. He called Abraham. Abraham was called and known as a friend of God. That didn't just happen. That happened because they spent time and communion together and built a relationship. That's what it takes. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, my notes went away, so hang on one minute. See if I can get this going again. Almost done with this message this morning. 
And I want to just, uh, we were going to read a verse out of, uh, I think it was out of Isaiah. If I can find it here. <clears throat> Isaiah 6, 4 says, For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard, <laughs> nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen. Y'all, it's been going on since the beginning of time. People didn't want to hear what God was saying. They didn't want to listen to what the Holy Spirit was saying. They didn't want to perceive it. They didn't want to entertain it. Oh God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. Jeremiah 6.10 To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Listen to this. Behold, their ear is uncircumcised and they cannot hearken. What does uncircumcised mean? Well, circumcision means cutting away of the flesh. So their ears were filled with flesh. They didn't allow the cutting away to take place so that they would hear purely and of purity in the realms of the spirit. Their ear is uncircumcised. And because of that, they cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach, and they have no delight in it. Jeremiah 7, 24. But they hearkened not, nor inclined their ear. But they walked in the counsels and the imagination of their own evil heart. And they went backwards and not forwards. There's two verses that we're going to read that say this as I bring this. I'm, I'm in my closing. I'm in, how many closings am I giving? I'm in my closing. Y'all, it said that they went backwards and not forwards because of their hearing, y'all. They would not incline their ear, <clears throat> but they were following after their own imaginations of their heart. Jeremiah 7, 26, yet they hearkened not unto me, nor inclined their ear, but hardened their neck. And they did, you referred to this last week, worse than their fathers. You talked about that last week, every generation Exodus 15, 26, and said, if thou wilt diligently, now here's a positive thing, look what can happen for us, and we will just take the plugs out of our ears, take the blinders off, and heed the words of God. And, and said, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and wilt give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Isaiah 28, 3, give ye ear and hear my voice, hearken and hear my speech. Isaiah 40, verses 4 through 5, the Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a work in season, a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning. He wakeneth mine ear to hear as the learned. Verse 5, the Lord God hath opened mine ear and I was not rebellious. Here we go again. Neither turned away back. I grew up, I know everybody's beliefs don't believe this and backsliding. I believe in backsliding. I believe some people on a slippery slope and they don't slid on back. <clears throat> And it's saying in these verses that this is what causes it. Sliding back, backsliding, is what 
It's based on what you're hearing. There's some things we need to deafen our ears to, but it's surely not the voice of God. It's surely not the word of God. I got, I think, three more verses and I'm done. Isaiah 55, 3, incline your ear and come unto me here and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. 1 Corinthians 2, 9, we read that already, so I'm going to skip that. And in Revelation 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 7 verses, 8 verses, it says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Revelation 13, 9, if any man have an ear, let him hear. When we are completely tuned into the Spirit, we will hear in the Spirit. And it leads me to the question that I brought up several times in this message. Do you hear what I hear? Do you hear? Do you hear? Are you giving him the opportunity to speak to you? Do you see? Have you removed the blinders? And if you haven't, then ask him to help you. Ask him to reveal truth into your spirit so that you can deal with you, that you can let the purging take place. It's the greatest Christmas gift you could have is to know that your life is in right alignment with our Lord and Savior and then go a step further. Begin to reach out to your family, but you've got to have the empowering of the Holy Spirit and his wisdom. I'm encouraging you to ask God to give you the gift of discernment and the, the gift uh, of discerning of spirits so that you'll see the hidden things. Don't be surprised when there's full exposure taking place all around because believers are praying everywhere <clears throat> for full exposure. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But it begins with me. It begins with me. I've got to let God shine his light in my life first. Put the mirror in my face first. It starts with me. Father, we just come to you as we close this service this morning. We repent of any sin in our life. And we ask you, Lord, that you would do such a work in us. We would become so hungry for you, God that we would give you the opportunity to totally purge us, reveal to us those things that are hidden in our life, cause us to grow in you to the point that we can operate in the, the many gifts of the Spirit that you have given to us as believers as your Holy Spirit functions through our lives. Lord, we want that. We need that. We don't want to live a day without you. We don't want to walk without your Holy Spirit. We need you in our life. We need discernment. Father, anoint our eyes to see in the realms of the Spirit, our ears to hear in the realms of the Spirit, so that we can know you, Father. And Lord, we want to listen to your voice, and we want to act on that that you are telling us to do, and walk in obedience to your will. 
Father, I pray for divine healing for those who need it, those that have lost family members. We pray that your Holy Spirit's comfort would minister to them and grant them peace. We pray for financial increase and abundance, oh God. Father, we pray for wisdom for those that need to make decisions and the boldness to act upon that that you are telling them to do. And Father, we pray for peace, peace in each and every heart and peace within our nation, oh God. Lord, we thank you for what you are doing and we praise you because you are awesome and you are our Lord and Savior. And we give you honor today in this blessed time of the year. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to thank you for being with us today. Those of you that are worshiping in-house with us and those of you that have tuned in to watch with us and to participate in our Sunday morning worship experience online. And we pray God's richest blessings on you. As our daughter Bethany stated earlier, make sure you tune in Tuesday night for a powerful service. As we're dealing with the topic of faith, Herman and Amanda Galatis will be ministering and sharing and we're looking forward to it Wednesday night uh, pastors Joshua and Bethany will be ministering and it's going to be an